More and more people are moving to cities, and that's going to affect almost every industry. We are very cautious and very aware to make a conscious effort to work with the ecosystem. What can the average person do to take action now? Not one person can change the world, but if we all do a little something different, it might help. Being open to embracing innovation. Know that you can make a difference. A absolutely. There's no excuse not to even do a little bit. Let's go check it out. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning into another episode of Going Green. Very excited to talk to our guest today, Jason Feldman, the CEO of Vault Health, doing really cool stuff, zooming in from New York, the other side of the country. And uh, yeah, Jason, thanks for taking some time to be with us today. Dylan, thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun to be here with you. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully soon we'll be able to meet face to face, but until then, it's, uh, it's a virtual lifestyle. Um, we're, we're, we're trying so hard to help make that possible too. I'll tell you all about it. We want to meet you too. We're desperate to have human contact. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us what Vault Health is first and foremost for those of us who don't know what it is. Sure. We are, uh, well, we were, we are, I say that we were because I'll tell you what we're doing uh, in addition to the main business, but we're a men's health company. We, we established ourselves uh, as a startup to be able to give men what they don't get, uh, which is healthcare. 70% of guys it's a pretty rattling statistic when you think about it, but 70% of guys will report that they do not get or have consistent health care. Isn't to suggest that when something breaks or if something goes wrong or they're not feeling well or their partner pushes them to go see a doctor that they won't do something. But on a consistent basis, if you ask most of your guy friends, when's the last time you saw a doctor? The answer is almost always... Um, two, yeah, three, four years ago, you know, or whatever it was. And it's terrible. And, and, and as a consequence, guys are dying five years younger than women. And they're dying largely of cardiovascular disease, which is tragic because it's a highly preventable disease. And most of the things that we find that guys are sick with or that are starting to develop symptoms with are absolutely preventable and would help them live a longer life if they were getting care. So that's what we did. We built a business. And when we asked guys, what will it take to get you to go to a doctor? Guys will understand this. When we were talking about anything to do with their sexual performance, their physical performance, or their cognitive performance, they were willing to talk. And that is really where we built the business. On those three legs of the stool, we're bringing guys back in. And when we get them in on those topics, guess what? We find out that they're pre-diabetic, they have high blood pressure, they have all kinds of other issues, and we can actually help them on those, on those fronts while we're helping them perform better. So that's Vault. That's awesome. I mean, that's powerful it's important you're helping people extending lives live healthier and speaking of us being on opposite sides of the country i know you implement a lot of sort of digital interface into the business is that true we did and we do uh so you know one of the things that has been really important for us in finding a way to get men back into healthcare is that telehealth which until two months ago would have you know for most people would have been that nice to do thing now frankly in times of of covid we don't have a choice if you want to see a doctor it is through a telehealth appointment just like we're talking Dylan. this is the only way that you're going to see a doctor today hopefully not for much longer but it is the way that it works and as a and and, and as a result guys are now saying wait a minute this is really good so we uh, built an incredible telehealth platform. We built a tech platform. You know, my background, I come from Amazon. I, I come from tech. And so it wasn't really hard to think about how do you build for scale when you're thinking about how to take healthcare and make it mass available to men. So we built a platform that's a combination of coming to your home and also being able to see you on your device, on your phone, or your computer, whatever, uh, when you need help. And as we built that system, when COVID struck, this was about 
you know, what now, mid-March, we looked at each other and said, what are we going to do? New York is shutting down, like literally shutting down. We're going to send everybody home. Are we going to have to let people go? We're a startup. How do we keep, how do we keep everybody employed? We've got people that have to come to, you know, to, 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 to the reality that they're not going to have a job. They're not going to have income. So we looked around and we said, we have a partner at Rutgers University. We've been working with their genomics lab on some really cool fertility programs for guys. And they were working on a COVID test using saliva. Like you could actually spit instead of having that giant nasal brain tickler thing that's out there that's going to hurt people for the rest of their lives by having to be scarred with this test in their head. Uh, they were working on something using saliva, like you could spit in a tube. So we hooked up with them, went through the entire authorization process at FDA, and lo and behold, within 10 days, we built an entire capability using our telehealth platform to offer COVID testing across America. And boom, a couple months later, we're helping business, we're helping sport, we're helping universities and schools get back to some kind of a new normal. That's so exciting. I love as the entrepreneur, you're taking your background in tech, you're seeing trends with, you know, video chatting, applying it to kind of this, this industry that's massive and important, but doesn't see as much, you know, innovation on a regular basis as some others do. So it's exciting to see all of that come together and really push the healthcare world into the future, essentially. What was your, um, what was your goals when it came to working for Amazon to transitioning more into the tech health world? How did that you know, for, No, it's a good question. I, people ask me that all the time. Like, why, why, why would you leave Amazon? I love Amazon. I'm a, I'm a huge fanboy of the company. I love it. Everything in my life is in some form or another related to how Amazon helps me live a better life. Uh, but the truth is for a long time, really, since I was probably a little kid, I wanted to be a doctor and that, that, that never happened. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of other, there were two things I wanted to do. I wanted to work in Hollywood once upon a time, young kid. Uh, and then I, and I wanted to be a doctor and neither of those two things happened. And, but along the way, what I did learn about myself was that I like making things better. I like fixing things. I like innovating. And the most broken thing I think that this country really faces on a, on a regular basis, especially with its inequity uh, of, of, of service offering is, is, is and around the healthcare industry. It's a mess. It's more than a mess. It is a disaster. It is, it is an expensive, uh, you know, it's the best healthcare system in the world. I think that nobody would debate that, but it is expensive. It is inaccessible. It is confusing. And at its best, it is extraordinarily unfair and complicated. And so, you know, if you don't fight or advocate for yourself as a human being to get care in this country is really, really hard. And only some have the kind of access to care, those who are employed, those who have great jobs and great insurance benefits that can truly afford to have the very best of it. So I have for a long time wondered, I'm a very mission-driven person. I love doing things to make things better. It's, it's my number one priority even before trying to, you know, make any kind of money or make, make a business successful. And it was the idea that if I could do something with a purpose and help fix the healthcare system, that would be a, a, a dream for me. So I, I was looking for a while. I'd been at Amazon almost five years, and I was looking for a while and saying, I've got to do something in healthcare. And uh, there was a job I was going to go take with a pretty famous brand. And I thought, that, that's a fun thing to do. But then uh, a venture capital group found me and told me about this idea around you know, men's healthcare. And I jumped. It was an inexplicable moment, but I jumped. And I'm so glad that I did because the opportunity to help guys, especially when I started to understand the statistics and watch how guys by the age of 30 start to lose their hormones. They start to decline their hormones. Testosterone, as an example, starts to decline about 2% a year. So by the time you're a 40-year-old 
you know, male in, in, in this or any country for that matter, you're starting to have a lot of things happen to you that you don't even realize are part of, you know, what's really changing chemistry in your body. You just think this is what getting older is all about. And guess what? When guys become depressed and moody, when they start gaining weight and losing muscle, when they lose their endurance, when they're not performing sexually or their libido is gone, it's because stuff is changing and no guy is ever taught what's happening. We just think this is older. And women have the benefit of a gynecologist. They learn at a teenage, at, a, at, a, at, a, at some point in their teenage years that there's a doctor just for them. So we decided let's become gynecologists, G-U-Y, gynecologists. And it was really the intersection of me wanting to be in healthcare, me wanting to fix something, and me wanting to help a population of people. And I found a great team of people who are believing the same way that, that, that basically I am, that we can do a better job, and we are. Wow. I love it. That's, that's inspiring. That's awesome. And I'm a firm believer in you know, the entrepreneurial spirit, which you kind of took that jump into. Um, it provides a great opportunity for people to push something they're passionate about forward very rapidly. Um, you don't have to wait for you know, the government to do it. You don't have to wait for laws to be passed. If you can find a way to monetize it and you know, the money talks and it works and it pushes it forward, there's really nothing better. Um, so that's amazing. How long has Vault Health been around? So we uh, came to life in our proof of concept, sort of the original test in uh, February of 2019. So just a little over a year. And, you know, I, I'm thinking about how proud I am of our team, but, you know, almost a year later, we, you know, when faced with a pretty big crisis, you know, for everybody, for every, everybody in the world at this point, we're all experiencing the same thing, this great unknown and 41 million people unemployed in just this country and, you know, all the terrible things that are happening, but we were faced with an opportunity to do something and to help and, and, and help we are. But, you know, here's the fun thing. We're a small company uh, and now we're helping major universities, professional sports leagues, huge corporations that we would have admired but never thought we could work with, and lots of other organizations and charities and community service organizations in between to try to get back to normal. We're trying to help them with testing programs to make sure that their members, their employees, their students, their faculty, their athletes are able to successfully come back to work, play, school, and all those places by not being sick. And I'm really proud of that. You know, I often say to our teams, you look, you know, when something goes wrong and inevitably in a small business, in any business, things break, things go wrong. And as a leader, your job is to protect your people and, you know, take the bullets when they come and try to make people feel better when you screw up big, right? That We all screw up. I screw up every day. I screw up all the time. But when stuff breaks, I always say to people, you know, we're not solving Middle East peace. This isn't going to change the world. This is Well, I tell my team now all the time, this is going to change the world. We have to get this right. This is going to change. This is going to make the world better. We're really doing that. And I'm super proud that even by just thinking that we could do it, by being ignorant enough to believe that we could help the world, that in the course of a few days, we actually engineered a solution that will help some people in the world. And we're pretty proud of that. Yeah. And that's one great thing about being you know a smaller business is you're able to pivot quickly you don't get caught up in the bureaucracy you can see something that needs to be fixed and pretty quickly and you, and you can you know call upon people in the team say hey i really need you to step up and and help us here versus you know just the big mass of 10 20 30,000 people um and you were mentioning that you guys were able to pretty quickly create something uh to help covid and the coronavirus correct we did so so you know it's uh, it's really funny there's 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 this um, so, you know sometimes just the status quo is good enough and so of course you all 
you know, you think back to a time where all of us in March were scared to death. So, you know, coronavirus is taking over the world and quickly in the United States is taking over the world uh, or the country and, and our, our jobs and our people and, and, our, and, and an elderly population didn't even see it coming. And, and there was no personal protective equipment, no PPE to be had, right? We're watching people dying in hospitals and we're all worried that we are going to get sick. And if we are sick, how will we know? And, and where do we get testing? And if you remember back to March, which is, you know, it's now June, it's hard to remember. But in March, we were all scared because you couldn't find a test in this country unless you were deathly ill and in the hospital. So we said, well, this is great. We'll make testing available to the whole country. We thought that would be just an easy thing to do. It, it wasn't and it isn't, but we did it. Uh, because we actually found people that were as innovative and as thoughtful as we were about the process. And so instead of that horrible nasal swab, and when I tell you, I mean, this thing, I, if you ever have to have for any reason, and you know, hopefully it's not because you're sick with, with COVID, but if you ever have to have one of these things, you would rather have uh, a proctologic exam than have this thing shoved up into your nasal cavity. It is horrible, twisting it around, trying to find viral media in the back of your nose and in your nasal cavity by your brain. It's literally that close. So we, we, we find these, this, this research lab at Rutgers and they have you know, this ability to just let you spit in a tube, which by the way, is far safer, less painful, less invasive. And you only have to spit like this much to be able to get a sample. And it's actually a more reliable sample than trying to do this. And so we said, how is this not possible that everybody in America isn't using this? And you know what? It came down to the fact that nobody knew how to commercialize it and nobody knew how to make it big by just saying there is an alternative to this, this giant swab problem. By doing that, by figuring out a way to do that now, you know, it's not hard to walk into a business and knock on their door and say, can we help you? And you know, oftentimes it's even a small community organization or a, you know, a school. Would you like to not have your students have to have this nasal swab? Would you like to have them spit instead? This is like a 10 second conversation. You know, they ask about the science. They want to understand that it's, it, it's, it's going to work and do the right thing. But it's, it's just an obvious thing. And sometimes the best inventions, the ones that you aren't even willing to take a risk on because you think, nah, that's just too easy. If it was possible to do that, everybody would be doing that already. Sometimes the real spirit of entrepreneurialism is just taking the risk that somebody else didn't think about it, somebody else didn't do it, and you can do it. And here we are. Totally. That's awesome, Matt. That's crazy. And, uh, you know, for someone in the media industry, um, I'm always fascinated at how quickly it changes. Companies can emerge out of nowhere and be worth billions in the matter of a couple of years. Um, how is kind of technology helping with that? And what are you seeing as kind of trends for, you know, the average person to look out for in the future? And obviously, you're hopping on these trends and you're able to monetize it, which is amazing. Um, what are you seeing as kind of like the trends that are happening in the future? What should everybody else keep an eye on for in terms of like well, the healthcare space? Yeah, no, for sure. I, telehealth, I, you know, is the, is the quickest answer to your question. Uh, look, I, I, um, we, we made a decision. We made a decision as a team. And the decision we made was that we're not going to try to profit off of this, that, that we were going to do this because mostly we wanted to keep our own people employed. And we wanted to be able to help Americans who really had no access to testing and still, frankly, don't know where to get it or don't have access easily. And so we said, let's just not profit off. Let's cover our costs. Let's stay employed. Let's stay in business or else we're good to nobody. And let's go for it. So, you know, we were able to do it because of telehealth. Now, here's the interesting thing. No one saw what was going to happen with quarantining, with the stay-at-home orders that kept everybody locked inside, basically, across the entire country for now, what, two and a half months, three months? And as a consequence, of course, everybody in America now is stuck 
with not being able to go see doctors, not, you know, all the other things, not going to the movie theater, not being able to go outside and hang out with friends, all the other things that involve social distancing, but not being able to even see a doctor. So if you have a healthcare need right now, if you're sick, the only way you're getting help until the stay-at-home orders are totally lifted, and by the way, doctors, medical practices, and operating rooms are not going to be able to see patients until they're tested until they're tested negative, and and the, and the doctors are positive. But there's nobody coming in sick, right? There's a, so there's going to be a huge uh, bottleneck in healthcare. Look what we're doing right now. We're having a call. Healthcare can be delivered, and most of the time is best delivered in this setting. When you go, think about this, I mean. I, Dylan, I'm not going to ask you when the last time you went to see a doctor is, but the last time I went to go get a, a physical, I actually wait in the waiting room for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I sit in the, you know, and you go into, you get called into the room and the nurse does the blood pressure. You sit there for what, 15, 20 minutes. Eventually the doctor comes in and tells you, you know, he's happy to see you, but what's the one thing you're here for today? Maybe 12, 15 minutes max. He's got to move on. He's got 70 patients. That's the entire experience. Maybe I gave blood. Maybe that's what I did, but he didn't touch me that much. Why can't we do it like this? So there is no, and by the way, you know, if I have to give blood, I can go somewhere or better yet, we're working on some cool things that will let you give blood at home. So, you know, maybe the better thing to do is, is that we keep most of healthcare at home and not in the big buildings that cost tons of money, make it cost effective and easy, make it possible for me to do it on my mobile device, make it more accessible, make it cheaper. And then if I really need something, if I have to have a procedure, then I go to the doctor or the hospital, but not until then. So I'd watch this space very carefully. COVID has done one good thing for this country. If it's done one good thing for this country, it has made healthcare more accessible to more people through technology. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, that's what's been crazy is just how quickly it sped up everyone's openness to be using you know, video technology. I mean, I, can, I literally um, had a dentist appointment yesterday that I had to reschedule because I knew it was gonna take three hours out of my time. And as a business owner, I had to you know put out some fires and take care of business like you said to keep my my team employed and i was like man that would have cost you know it would have cost three hours of my time i could have had like you just said a video chat with the dentist who could have looked at something and probably been in and out in five minutes so it's not even just the cost but also the time and the efficiencies of everybody involved um so that's that's really cool that you're kind of on the forefront of that stuff last question what is to kind of bring it back to vault health, what is something you would recommend, you know, to the average guy out there to just be kind of on the lookout for what little action item do you have to take away um, to live a little bit more healthy? And then, you know, if necessary, come to you guys to, to get checked out. Let's talk about erections, Dylan, shall we? I mean, what a, you know, what better conversation for a guy to have with another guy? I'm, I'm half kidding with you, but listen, most guys don't realize this is a bit of a, this is a bit of a tell. If you're having erectile dysfunction issues, if you're not able to, to, to perform, that is a really, really, really strong indicator that you have something going on in your coronary vascular system. There is something going on because the smallest blood vessels in the body are in your penis. Now, it isn't to suggest that erectile dysfunction can't be a, a cognitive or a mental issue or an emotional issue. That, that's certainly a possibility. It can also be that if you're drinking a lot or doing drugs or you know, maybe smoking a whole lot, that could be an issue. But more often than not, in fact, better than half of guys that have the problem are actually suffering a future vascular problem that ties back to their heart. And it's a really, really strong indicator that within a couple years, it could be two, could be three, could be four years, something more critical, something perhaps more massive could happen to you all because 
you actually have a problem that you recognize as a problem, but don't understand the connection between your heart and in this case, your penis. And so for men, because men are not taking care of themselves, we often say the thing that you are going to be most consumed with when it comes to your sexual performance is actually a really great indicator of your physical performance. And so while it's not necessarily the beacon of everything in your health, because there are a lot of other things that could be happening to you, if you're diabetic or developing diabetes, you're pre-diabetic, if you have high blood pressure, if you're starting to have issues with your thyroid, there are so many things that tie back to your performance in many, many ways, listening to your body, being able to understand what your body is telling you is the first sign of needing to get help. And that's where Vault is trying to do as much on the education side as we are in the actual healthcare practice side, where we're connecting the dots and making it much more clear to guys that it's okay to come to your doctor and say, this is what's going on. And I need you to know because I think I need help. So we're very, very focused on that as much as anything else. Very cool. So those smaller, I don't want to say smaller, superficial, but it's kind of onset problems can ultimately be the the root of bigger problems that can lead to your your early demise so get Absolutely. it out early um man that's that's interesting and honestly like i could talk all day about this i know you're uh it's getting pretty late on a friday over there so i don't want to take up too much of your time but we'd love to have you back on again and, and dive deeper and you know follow the journey of what you guys are doing because it's really cool. I love just the, the technology side, the entrepreneurial side meets the healthcare industry. It's, you know, it's just, it's amazing seeing all of these things really come together. So thanks for taking uh, some time and sharing your story with us. Dylan, I really appreciate you taking the time and letting us share what we're, what we're working on. It's very kind of you. Thank, thank you for being so generous. Yeah. And real quick also, um, where can people go and check you out and check out the company to learn more and get in contact? Absolutely. Vaulthealth.com. Um, <laughs> or more importantly, right now, if they need to get back to work or sport or school or wherever, vaulthealth.com slash COVID is a great way to get a test and make sure that you can do that at home, right where you need to be, instead of having to worry about doing it in a center where you might get risky uh, infections traveling around you. So yeah, by all means, check us out. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And to all of you listeners, you viewers out there, be sure to go to vaulthealth.com just check it out. It always uh, doesn't hurt to look into it a little bit and we will see you next time on Going Green.